Welcome to another message from the teaching team at Elevation Church Australia. For more information about our church, service times and locations, visit elevationchurch.com.au. I'm glad you landed on handsome as the, the adjective there. Could have gone anywhere. But we're in church and we like to keep it PG. I'm so glad you guys are here. Hey, uh, welcome to our service today. My name's Prashan, as my beautiful wife said. We are the young adults leaders here. Welcome online. We apologise. We actually dropped out um, in, in terms of our sound until this moment. But I'm sorry to say you did miss such a beautiful moment. That was so nice. And it was actually a really uh, prophetic moment, I feel, um, because we're talking about Daniel. Now, we've been reading Daniel and we're going to start by going straight to God's Word. So if you have your Bibles with, with, me, uh, with you, please open it up to Daniel 6. We're in Daniel chapter 6, and we're starting off in verses 1 and 2. It says, It pleased Darius to appoint 120 satraps, or satraps, which were also governors, to rule throughout the kingdom with three administrators over them, one of whom was Daniel. The satraps were made accountable to them so that the king might not suffer loss. Now, we're just going to start there because we've been reading about Daniel up until now in our series called Sellout. And I don't know about you, but when I read Daniel, it almost feels like I'm reading a bit of a fairy tale. Is anyone else in that boat with you, with me? Where it feels like, you know, we're reading about Daniel and we read of him standing in this fiery furnace and then thrown into the lion's den and put through all this testing and trials and prevailing. And in the same, in the same breath, we actually read about Daniel being one of the most influential men in the kingdom of Babylon. Now, we actually read at Daniel that at the age of 16, which is why I love these young kids came up, at the age of 16, he was captured by the Babylonians and taken from his country of Israel to exile in, in Babylon by King Nebuchadnezzar, who we heard about last, uh, last week. All of a sudden, his culture, his world, and everything he knew as a normal life was actually taken from him as he was placed in a foreign country. Now, I don't know if you guys know, but Babylon was a kingdom that was ruthless for assimilation. They did everything they could to take away your identity. And yet, despite the hardships, despite the oppression, despite the inequality between the Jews and the, and the Babylonians, we see that God raises Daniel up to influence four different administrations of government within the 65 years that he served in Babylon. The Bible says that Daniel served in leadership roles under King Nebuchadnezzar in Daniel 6, where he was the ruler over Babylon and its wise men. He's also the third ruler in the kingdom under King Belshazzar. He's also the second in charge to the king under King Darius. And he's second in charge under King Cyrus. And it made me ask this question. How does a person who lives such a countercultural life in a world that is totally different to them, make such an impact? How is he so influential? And it made me think about how that might translate in today's day and age. I don't know if you've been watching the news or if you've seen some things pop up on your social media. We actually saw a bit of this backlash in our own denomination in a, in a school in Brisbane where they chose to take a stand for what they believed in in a world that maybe wanted to, to know their own truth. And what we saw as, as it unraveled was we saw that 
the church itself, the, the, the large, large C church was actually uh, facing some backlash. Christians were unsure of how to react to this situation. And look, I don't know if you believe what was done was right or wrong or, you know, what you think should have been done was, you know, better or worse. What I saw was as it unfolded, it became very evident that it is hard to live a holy life in a broken world. It's hard. You know, living a true life that follows Jesus will actually make you look totally different to everyone else around you. So the question is today, in a broken world, how do we live a life that's holy yet influential? And I believe that the story of Daniel teaches us how to. And we can find the key to this question in verse 3. The Bible says that Daniel became distinguished. Or in some versions it says Daniel distinguished himself. Now the, the word distinguished, we don't really use that in, in today's you know, vernacular. It's, in the original language, it's actually taken as to be preferred or to shine. So we read that Daniel made himself preferred in the midst of all the high officials so that the Bible can then say because an excellent spirit was in him. Now it sounds a little bit too easy, doesn't it? Like it sounds too easy that Daniel could just identify this excellent spirit which would make him then distinguish himself in the midst of all the other leaders. And often in our lives it doesn't sound that simple. Like often in our lives it feels like the environment we are in determines our level of excellence. Let me give you an example of what I mean. If you follow me on social media then you know I am an avid golfer, right? Now, the good thing about social media is it's all my highlights. <laughs> so you get to see the good parts. But who knows that in the middle of all these highlights, there's just as many checks of reality. And the reality is that I'm not a very good golfer, <laughs> but I'm trying. I'm learning, right? And the frustrating thing is that as someone who grew up playing sports, realising that golf's a very hard sport to play, you know, I get really frustrated. But... The most frustrating thing is, and I don't know if there's any golfers in here and you can relate to this, but it's what happens at the driving range. It's where you practice, right? Because when I'm at the driving range, I am dialed in. Like, you may see me and you're like, is that, is that Prashan or is that Tiger Woods? Like, who is that? You know? Like, I've thought about giving up my day job to, to be a tour pro. But something happens as soon as I leave the driving range and I step onto the golf course and it feels like I've got two left hands. Like, I've got no idea what happens when I leave feeling so good at a practice range and step out on the golf course until I realised that it wasn't a physical problem. It's actually a mentality. It's actually what I'm thinking about. It's, it's my confidence. It's my concentration. You know, like I said, at the driving range where I've got nothing to really worry about, I feel fine. You know, I can hit a ball perfectly. As soon as I step onto the golf course, it's totally different. And, you know, this is the same for many Christians sometimes. Sometimes it feels like there's a noticeable difference in our mindset or spirit depending on who we're with or where we are. It feels like that sometimes when we're at practice as a Christian on a Sunday where it's easy to praise and it's easy to worship and it's easy to pray and it's easy to connect, Yet something happens and changes as soon as we go into our normal worlds on a Monday or Tuesday and all of a sudden it feels like we're in the deep end again 
and we don't know, you know, what's in our hand and we feel out of our depth. Here's the thing. I believe that Daniel excelled at being what he, uh, who he was meant to be and doing what he used to do because he actually believed and he knew that the Spirit of God was influencing every aspect of his life. Not just the ones he considered holy, not just the ones he considered secular, not just the ones he you know, knew would happen in these four walls, not the ones who would, he knew would happen in his family or in his friendships, in his schools, in his workplaces. Daniel knew that the Spirit of God was actually transforming and influencing his life in the holistic, in the holistic way, really. He knew that it was every part of his life came under the presence of God. He didn't just pray three times a day or abstain from food because he wanted to do the right thing. He actually knew the Spirit of God had transformed his whole life, giving him a spirit of excellence in everything he put his hands to. You know, Paul talks about this concept to the Colossian church. In Colossians 3, he says, whatever you do, let me just pause there, whether you're working in finance, whether you're a mother, whether you're a father, whether you are studying, Paul says, work heartily, or in the Greek, this word means from your soul, your very being, it's who you are, as for the Lord and not for men, knowing that from the Lord you will receive, everyone say, will receive, the inheritance as your reward. You know, I love this verse because it's something that I'm working really hard on trying to do. I try to remember that in whatever I do, wherever I'm placed, even though I'm working with men, I'm working for God. And what this, what this means is that our environment shouldn't determine our excellence. It means that the reward that we may physically receive for doing our work here on earth actually pales in comparison to the inheritance we receive in eternity. It also means that what you do with your hands as a believer means just as much as what you say. You know, often we don't recognise the power of work that is done with excellence. Um, I used to work in this large company that was quite strong on some liberal ideology. I remember feeling so disheartened every time I'd go to work, asking God the question, how, God, am I meant to be a Christian in a workplace that is so against Christianity? I remember, you know, the workplace would be quite inclusive. They'd be big on inclusivity, but it really didn't feel like that as a Christian. It felt like if I was to tell people I was a believer, I would actually be put aside. And I remember just having, having this wrestle and this tension as to how that might look as a, as a believer. You may be going through this right now. You know, sometimes we, we almost compartmentalise what our call in, in the workplace is to a certain type of situation. You know, the, the water cooler chats where we can try and put, our, put the Word of God in every conversation we have, you know, share the gospel in everything we do. But I actually felt God t- say something different to me. He said, just do what, you're ma- do what you're employed to do. Like work well. Work well and I'll put you in places where you can have these conversations. And I remember just getting this one, this burden kind of lift off my shoulders. I didn't go in thinking, you know, who can I really, you know, try and convert today? It was more like, okay, I'm going in to work well, to do what I am employed to do. And I remember when I was doing this, I actually started this role on a, on, a, on a contract and six months later, I was made permanent. Six months after that, I was promoted to a position where I was actually presenting to CEOs and general managers. And, and I remember thinking back going, that none of that was me. 
all I did was be obedient with what I had. And it was at that point when I was in that position of influence where I could actually have conversations that were changing lives. I was speaking to some high-level executives who had put their relationships as second to work. I was speaking to people who needed healing and, and they didn't know the answers, so they came to me to talk about that and pray with them. What I found was that, you know, I found that this was just the, 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 the tip of the iceberg when it comes to where God wants to place us all when it comes to influence and it's working with excellence. And I don't say this to impress you, but to encourage you that the Word of God is true. The writer of Proverbs says in Proverbs twenty two twenty nine, do you see someone who excels in their work? They will stand before kings. You know, God has a plan to place each of us before kings. And it starts with the excellence of our work. This is the secret to influence. And the secret to influencing everything around you actually lives within you. Now, this is not a self-help talk or a TED talk or anything like that. I'm not going to give you five steps to being a better person. I'm actually just encouraging you today that the spirit that resides within you, when you make a choice to, to live for Jesus, has the characteristics of excellence. He wants the best for you and he wants the best for his world through you. So it's up to us to identify that he wants to change us so we can change the world for better. Some of us need the reminder that the Spirit can help you overcome the self-doubt that you may have adopted because of people's words. Some of you, just like Daniel, need to be reminded that because of the Spirit of excellence that lives within you, you're actually called to excellence with your hands. Some of you, because of the experiences you've had with other Christians maybe or even of how you see God, feel like you have to be perfect feels like you have to do things perfectly or be perfect or say things perfectly so that other people see you as a perfect person. But we don't need perfection. We need the presence of God. You know, the thing about perfection is it's actually just driven, it's a lie driven by comparison. Everything we see on TV, everything we see on social media, everything we see on billboards is all subconsciously trying to sell us a lie, really. You know, you, you get a better car. Get a bigger house, get a better relationship, and then your life might be perfect. But we know, as humans, even though we buy into this lie, we know that when we fix our eyes on Jesus, the Bible says the author and perfecter, he's the perfecter, not us, of our faith, the real reward, which Paul says, isn't a physical reward we can have here today or tomorrow. It's an eternal inheritance that we will receive. Winston, Winston Churchill says, perfection is the enemy of progress. And I would add to this that our progress is where God shapes us to be more like Jesus. It's in our progress. It's in, it's in the steps that we take forward with him. It's in the, the times we stand up and we're helped up by the Spirit of God after we've fallen. It's in his grace that allows us to fail forward. It's in our progress where God shapes us to be more like Jesus. See, there's a big difference between excellence, which is what Daniel had, and perfection, which is sometimes what we feel like we need to have. Excellence is an attempt to perform a task to the best of our ability, whereas perfection is the completely right way of doing anything. And you know what this means for us? It means that excellence is something which we can all pursue, whereas perfection is almost impossible. 
God does not care whether you try to live a perfect life because he knows that we can't. King David, who was called a man after God's own heart, was a murderer and an adulterer. Moses, who led people of God out of Israel, out of Egypt, out of captivity, was full of, of anger and had fits of rage. Even Paul, who wrote a lot of the Bible, the New Testament that we read, persecuted Christians before his conversion. Jesus was the only man who came who was perfect, the only person to ever walk this earth. However, just because you know we understand that we may not be perfect. That's not a reason to push that aside. There's an interesting principle that Jesus talks about where excellence meets perfection. It's in Matthew 5. Jesus is seen to be teaching his disciples around loving their enemies, which who knows, that's a hard, that's a hard thing to do, right? In verse 48, he says, You therefore must be perfect as your heavenly Father is perfect. And you can read that and think, Prashan, what do I listen to right now? Like, are we called to be perfect because Jesus said it? Or is it impossible because you said it? And it's important to know that the word perfection Jesus, is use, Jesus uses is one that talks about a completeness, but not one that's physical, one that's spiritual. He's talking about a spiritual perfection. And he's teaching his disciples that the way they should be living should transcend their ability to stick to the law but instead to live a life that excels in loving God and loving people. He's saying get rid of that religious mindset. You can't be perfect by hitting you know, the Ten Commandments on a daily basis. Who know, if, if you've read The Rich Young Ruler, you know, we know that Jesus has really tested some people like that, saying you're trying to be perfect, but maybe you love money right now. He knows that we can't be perfect, but what he knows we can do is under his grace, Love God and love people as to the best of our ability. That is excellence. And he's saying that the excellence in what we do brings perfection in who we become. So what we can learn from the imperfect people who've gone before us, what we can learn from Daniel today, is that our obedience to outwork God's character of excellence in everything we do, invites the process of spiritual perfection into our lives. When we put our hands to everything we do at, with excellence, we actually invite God's perfection into creating who we're meant to be because God is an excellent God. When he created the world, when he created everything, he looked at it and he said, this is good and he wants good for each of us. Now, this is good news for us because no longer do we need to try and live perfect lives. We don't need to try and be bound by law, but we're called to love God and love others as best as we can. Now, as the band comes and as we wrap up, I've actually got a video of one of the first times Avery, our son, uh, stood up. Now, I don't know if this was one of the first times or the first video I had on my phone. But either way, um, I'm hoping we can get that up here because... One, he's very cute, but two, this is, uh, this is also an analogy. Now, that's cute, right? You can, you can say so. Can you imagine what would happen if I just pulled that table from out, like from under him? 
Like, just imagine for now. Like, like, and if I was on video, that would be that would go viral, right? Like, it would just be in headlines: "Bad dad pulls table away from standing child." But sometimes we feel like God does that to us. Like, you know, I don't expect Avery the first time he stands to be able to stand and walk or to run after me when when I need him. I actually expect him to fail or I know he's going to fail or I know he's going to, you know, need my help later. I also know he's going to learn and he's going to grow and he's going to ask me for help. And sometimes I think we need to see ourselves as a little child who's trying to stand with a table. That we are to see ourselves as fully dependent on God to support us. That even though we're just trying to do our best by standing there, You know, the Bible talks about being still. Sometimes it's not about going forward. It's just about being able to stand in our situation. And know that the table, the Holy Spirit, God the Father, Jesus, our Lord and Saviour is with us. And He's not going to take the table away from us. He's actually going to support us so we can stand. You know, God knows your limits. He knows what you're good at. And His grace abounds past your failures. And today he's calling you to do what you can with a spirit of excellence and do as much as you can and and leave the the rest to him. We can only do so much in our own strength and that's where we can invite God into the rest of it. This is why Daniel's influence was felt so greatly because he distinguished himself by doing as much as he could but was also fully dependent on God to place him in the right positions for influence. Living a life of excellence is the perfect balance of doing as much as we can in our own strength and depending on God for being able to do what only he can. And this principle is truly, uh, truly special when it comes to our calling and purpose as believers. Jesus tells all his disciples this in Matthew 5. You are the light of the world. A city on a hill cannot be hidden, nor do people light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a stand, and it gives light to all in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others. Or in other words, do as much as you can so others can see the light you have, so that they may see your good works, everyone say good works, and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. You know, when it comes to excellence, when it comes to the secret of influence, when it comes to being the best worker or father or mother or grandfather or sister or brother, all these things are seen by others when we do them well. But it's not to get glory for ourselves. It's to give glory to our Father in heaven. Jesus, the light of the world, stepped into a dark world to bring light so that we can receive it and carry it well so that others can see what He's doing in our lives. You know, there's a light within us that needs to be seen in a dark world. We live in a dark world that needs His light. And when you and I choose, like Daniel, to actually lean in and do everything in our strength to be excellent, When we let our light shine, the world begins to notice that all of a sudden the dark world starts becoming illuminated. Your excellence causes your friends and families to start noticing there's something different about you. 
Your excellence at what you do at work causes your colleagues and your boss to notice there's something different about the integrity or the honesty that this person works with. And all of a sudden, the Holy Spirit who caused you to live a life of excellence places you in positions of influence so that you can let people see the light of God, hear the good news and glorify our Father in heaven. Come on, let's pray. Father, we thank you that you are excellent. We thank you that nothing you do is subpar. Everything you do is at the highest standard. And God, your spirit lives within us and is calling us to live a similar life. And Father, I pray for anyone right now who's struggling to live a life of excellence. Look, it might be a poverty mindset. It might be that God is not going to bless me. Why should God bless me when everything I've done is not according to His will? Father, we pray against those mindsets. We pray for a confidence in your grace that covers in your mercies that are new every morning. That God, we are sustained by your spirit. Every breath we take is a gift from you. And God, I pray we don't take those for granted, but we use them to live a life that gives glory to you. I pray for every believer here, Father, that we don't put our light under a basket. We don't hide away our light on a Monday when we go into work. But God, we let our light shine so that you are glorified, that good works are pointing back to you. I just pray for business people right now in in their workplace who are feeling that tension, God. I pray for a holy strength, a holy boldness, a holy courage to work well, to work with uh, integrity and honesty. Father, I pray for fruit to come from that so that they can then speak to the people of influence about the goodness that comes from you. I'm still praying if you don't know Jesus or if you've walked away from Jesus, you know, sometimes that place can feels really, feel, feel really dark. And the light of God is the one thing this world can give. Because the world does not give us anything else except for the light of Jesus who came, who took a step into our darkness and sent his spirit for us. So if that's you, I'm not going to ask you to put your hand up. I'm, I'm going to actually ask you just to pray with me, making a decision to re-invite Jesus or invite him into your life for the first time. So if that's you, just pray with me. Father, I thank you that you are the light I need. I invite you into my life. Light my life up, God. I want to be a light for you. I want to be a light that people can see and know that you are doing a big thing. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Come on, why don't we stand? We're going to sing again. We're really just going to declare that. Um, But I believe that, you know, there's people in this place who will catch that, who will catch the, the excellence, the X factor, and walk into your workplaces, walk into wherever you go, knowing that the Spirit of God within you is calling you to greater. In Jesus' name.